0: I can ride! You crashed eight minutes ago on flat pavement.
1: John and Ponch, what's your 20? I'm northbound through Elysium Park.
0: Ponch is southbound.
1: Change your plans, I'm going around.
0: Welcome to the Film Coterie.
1: I'm Roger. I'm Adam. And we are missing Matt, if you hear the silence.
0: There's no Matt. Matt is on assignment, right? (laughs) Yes, he's doing a mission,
1: secret mission somewhere.
0: Secret mission, and he will report back. And uh, this is a uh, episode 10 for the week of March the 24th.
1: Yeah, the big one-oh.
0: Yep, 2017. And... uh, we survived 10 episodes without getting shut down. Or well, No one
1: can shut us down.
0: <laughs> this is true. It's, it's the free speech of podcasting, right? Yeah, we can't lose. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, we're actually recording early this week because Adam has travel plans and Matt had scheduling conflict and just a crazy week. So this might be a slightly abbreviated um film coterie podcast but uh i'm excited to be here with adam
1: yeah it's gonna be short anyway how much can we squeeze out about chips which is the movie we're gonna review oh
0: yes i don't know
1: that it's gonna be a long review
0: please stay tuned for the glorious episode the glorious reveal of chips right i'm
1: sure everyone's on the edge of their seat want to know what we thought about chips i'm
0: telling you now we got special passes to go early to see chips and uh our full review of the movie will be coming up in our next segment, right? But before we get there, before we get into all that, you might be listening to this podcast and you might be saying, what is the film coterie? So, Adam, how would you describe, if you're a first-time listener and you're wanting to check out, check us out and you're thinking, what is these guys talking about? What is, what is the film coterie? What is that? What's that all about? How would you describe this podcast to our listeners?
1: It's a little bit of a variety podcast because we review a new movie every week, something that's coming out that Friday. But then we have other segments where we're doing a deeper dive and going into an old title. We're challenging each other in movie homework to watch something we haven't seen. Or maybe we're just discussing a whole genre.
0: Yep, absolutely. And we do
1: have some interviews from time to time. I have a couple in the can that i got to get yes, edited. Yes,
0: we're starting to get some interviews and just a little sneak peek. I won't say anything too too much details, but let me throw this carrot out there. Pretty soon, some of us, maybe Adam, maybe not Adam, will be doing some traveling. We'll have some film festivals coming up and some reporting from film festivals. And so I'm telling you, folks, the film coterie is going to do nothing but just continue to get better and grow. As you guys help us, we appreciate your feedback. I'm starting to get feedback from some of my uh, Facebook friends and and, and and Twitter friends and followers. And so, man, just, just uh, hang with us. I think you're going to enjoy the show. So, anyway, Adam, what is our news of the week? What's been happening this week of March the 24th?
1: I, for once, do not have any DC news. It's been quiet over there. Which, so,
0: I think that's maybe a good thing. A couple of weeks of kind of quiet, no news, yeah. you know? They're just kind of, they're they're plodding along, making their movies, you know?
1: But I do have some Marvel news that lit my fuse today. Oh, let's hear it. Michael Shannon, the one and only, is the front runner. Right now, to play Cable in Deadpool 2.
0: So when you hear that, when you hear Michael Shannon lead to play Cable, what's your reaction?
1: I never thought he would do it. I thought he was burned out after Batman versus Superman. If he's in, he's ideal. I don't even want to consider anyone else at this point. At this point, anyone else is a disappointment. What is it about Michael Shannon that is Cable to you? He can do everything with a straight face. So, if you don't read the comics, Cable is the straight man to Deadpool.
0: That's why I asked the question, because I don't read the comics. Yes.
1: (laughs) So, you know Deadpool is wild, wacky. Right. Breaking the fourth wall. He's just all out there. He's Bugs Bunny. Yeah. Cable grounds him. He's a time-traveling soldier, deadly serious, and he's the foil to Deadpool that Deadpool needs to make the comedy work.
0: Nice. Now... That might be a deadpool that I might be able to get behind uh, you know because I, I know this is not a popular sentiment but I was pretty cool on the first movie I was not a big fan of it it would it would not have gotten into our film Coterie recommends if we, if we were reviewing it now
1: by one vote <laughs> I have the feeling it would have only failed by one vote
0: oh no it's uh, Matt loved it he's he's been he's been very open on the show about his love of that film so uh, but, you know, that's 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 why we go see the movies, and that's why we all have opinions in some movies, and sometimes we vehemently disagree, like maybe last episode nine, and, you know, sometimes we just ultimately
1: agree, And uh, uh, but it's okay. So you're excited about Michael Shannon. He's a great pick. I never even imagined. I mean, we thought we might be getting Stephen Lang, maybe Ron Perlman. Sure. But Michael Shannon would be a great choice for this. I mean, just him staring down Deadpool. Oh, absolutely. And they're going to have good chemistry, and I mean, this this has to work. But and now, I,
0: they haven't even started shooting. Do they have a script or anything? They have a script. Okay, they're getting close. Okay, so we should we should hear some. Maybe maybe by next episode, we might hear even more news this direction.
1: And I think we're getting a different X Men in this one. They're not using Colossus again. Okay, they're going to go with another kind of minor X Men character. I don't know who it is yet, but Colossus was great in the last one.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: Anything else? What else is happening in news this week? Dark Tower put out a poster, and it was kind of a weird thing. If you you haven't been following along, Dark Tower is the adaptation of the Stephen King series of books. Very popular. It's coming out in July. End of July. We're not that far away from there now. So there's been no trailers, no teasers, and until this weekend, there's never been a poster for it. So people are getting worried it was going to get bumped. And I'm actually pulling up the poster right now because I've not seen it yet. Oh, wow. So if you're looking at the poster with us, it's the hero on the bottom with the boy. He's the gunslinger. Yeah. It's an inverted New York. Yep. At the top is Matthew McConaughey's character The Man in Black. He's walking up there on the top of the poster. And then all the negative space in the street actually makes the dark tower from the book.
0: That is really
1: cool. That's a very cool poster. So, what are your thoughts about this? We really
0: haven't heard anything about it at all. Like I need you said, to, there's,
1: I need to see a trailer. I uh, Yeah. And they need to do something because either bump it or get a trailer out because you're running out of time to build hype. I mean,. Fans know what's coming. No one else does. No one else has a clue what Dark Tower is. Could that be a bad sign that they're not even releasing a trailer? Or is it just, you know? I don't know. I have no idea what their marketing strategy is. I would have to think it being the Dark Tower, it would have
0: some pull just on its own. Maybe they're banking. The less we tell you about it, the better it will be for, you know...
1: Well... I mean, look at what Cloverfield did. Remember, Cloverfield put out a trailer with no name on it. Yeah, you remember when that happened? The oh, first yeah. Cloverfield, and everyone's like, "It's a Voltron movie." It's a. Everyone was guessing a Godzilla movie, and that that built up hype. No one had any idea what Cloverfield was. Yeah, that's true. So, if they're going to do that kind of marketing, they should put out some stuff. And, and it's Mysterious coming out in July trails.
0: this year, right? <laughs> yes,
1: July. Yes, I I have a feeling that's that's a bad sign. And fans are excited because they've kind of hinted in Twitter and some other places that this is a sequel. Because there's some, there's some time travel elements and that this could be the whole chain starting again after the books. Because oh. I think it was Stephen King. He showed an artifact from the story and said it begins again, but that artifact doesn't happen until the final book. So this may be a new turn of events and fresh. You just for- blew my mind out of the water. Have you read Dark Tower? I have. Okay, so the popular no, no wait, is this gonna be spoiler
0: free no, our listeners. No, okay. it's even
1: I mean they they're saying quasi sequel, they're saying everything. Okay, okay. So that even fans don't know what to expect walking into this, that this might be a new cycle starting all over again, but for maybe from a different spot. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm in
0: regardless. Yeah. No, absolutely. Idris
1: Elba, Matthew McConaughey, I mean yeah. I'm in too.
0: No, absolutely. It'll be our third it'd be one of our Thursday night movies that we go to see, you know?
1: Maybe in July. Maybe in July,
0: hopefully so, you know. What else? Anything else in the newswire this week?
1: How do you feel about Robin Hood as a character?
0: I like Arthurian, or uh, Ar- I like the not Arthurian, but I like that whole Robin Hood. The his, I love Errol Flynn's Robin Hood. I love all those characters. I, I, I love the story. Kevin Costner. Well, not, my wife's a
1: fan of him or the movie. Uh, yes, both. Okay, she likes
0: both. Uh, I I wasn't I really wasn't that big a fan of his interpretation of Robin Hood, but
1: but you liked Alan Rickman in that one, right? very much so. Yes,
0: yes. Um, I like Robin Hood.
1: Okay, there are four Robin Hood movies currently in production or near production by different different studios,
0: different studios. Yes.
1: So we're gonna get bombed with them. And this isn't this isn't unusual for Hollywood. Like when we got Snow White, we had two movies Snow White and the Huntsman at Mirror Mirror
0: Yeah, I haven't seen either one of those.
1: And you're not missing anything. Yeah, I just sorry Armageddon and Deep Impact. I mean, things uh, come no. out in pairs. Yeah. But this is a quadruplet.
0: Four of them. Jungle Book had had yeah. That Was other just, one's not out yet. Oh, that's right. But they they made it mm-hmm. similar similar at the same time, you know.
1: The one by Andy Circus. Oh, that's right. Yeah.
0: So I when we were talking in the pre-show and you mentioned this, I thought you meant that they had plotted out four Robin
1: Hood. I'm getting to that. Sony isn't just doing a Robin Hood movie. Are you flipping serious? They are doing a Robin Hood cinematic universe where Friar Tuck is going to have his own movie and Will Scarlet's going to have his own movie and Little John's going to have his own movie. Because that's exactly what we need. They're going to bring them together like the Avengers, like we care that much about the Merry Men. We really don't. No, they're background filler.
0: Here's the deal. I love Robin Hood, and I love the story, and I love Errol Flynn, and I love shooting and winning the archery tournament, and I love saving Maid Marian, and I love all those elements. It's fun. I enjoy those. I don't want an Avengers whole universe of Robin Hood. I don't want to know the Little John story, the Friar Tuck story, the Maid
1: Marian story. I don't care. I don't care about that. And Disney there's four of them. So, Sony's doing the cinematic universe. Disney has just said there's is like Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm using air quotes. So, yeah. whatever that is. Okay. So, uh, there's another one just called Hood. And then, lastly, the Warner Brothers one, I believe, is the one that they said they're making it like John Wick, which is just basically throwing out random words. I don't know what a Robin Hood like John Wick means. So...
0: He is a super assassin,
1: able to arrow headshots. Arrowhead yeah. I don't sliding around wearing bulletproof clothing, arrowproof clothing.
0: Maybe he's mean maybe he means it like he's always three steps ahead of the <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean I, good I, gosh. I think sometimes these guys just talk out of their mouth to, Yes.
1: just to just to get quotes. I have the feeling he was interviewed the week John Wick came out and said, Oh, that's popular. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we are going to get killed. There's Robin Hood movies.
0: Do you know when any of those are releasing, or are they, are they coming up soon, or in the next couple of years? What, what have you heard?
1: I'm getting all the studios confused. I know the Jamie Foxx one is the furthest ahead. I don't know what is studio- Is Jamie Foxx playing Robin Hood? He's playing Little John. Okay. I just don't know what studio that one's from, but that's the furthest. That might be Lionsgate.
0: Okay. Well, I have to say I'm a little underwhelmed <laughs> by the concept of three or four or five Robin <laughs> Hood movies all
1: coming within
0: about a year of each other.
1: In a long gap before the last one. Russell Crowe had the last one, right? Did he? Oh, uh, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> <It wasn't. laughs>
0: Maybe we need to do a little fact checking here. <laughs>
1: That's the last one I'm aware of is yeah, it the may Russell Crowe one.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: I even had to look up the name. I guess it w- it was just called Robin Hood. So I've yeah. seen it. I think it was completely unmemorable, and it was Ridley Scott. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This was 2010, so it's been seven years without Robin Hood. Well, then it's time for Robin Hood again, you know? Not four of them, maybe. Yeah,
0: I don't think so either. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> And then the whole a whole cinematic universe where they're going to. <laughs> I just hope
1: that they need to stop.
0: Yes, just stop right now. Oh, I want I want him to put me out of my misery with an arrow. My goodness. Okay. Well, anything else, Adam? Anything Anything noteworthy we need to be uh, keeping our eye on?
1: It's a short week. That's all I got for my news desk. Okay. My, I was glad I'm able to blow your mind with the Robin Hood news.
0: Well, you did. You blew my mind out of the safety zone. So, Well, let's just take a break and come back with our Thursday night movie review of Chips. And we are back, and you are listening to The Film Coterie. And, of course, Matt's not here, who usually does our Thursday night lead intro, but I will guess I'll go ahead and do it. Um, Chips was the movie that we saw this week. And let me just go ahead and read the description so you know what
1: Chips is about. If you're having seen the movie, I'm now interested in the description.
0: Yes. So here we go. <clears throat> Chips, a rookie officer is teamed with a hardened pro at the California Highway Patrol. Though the newbie soon learns his partner is really an undercover fed investigating a heist that may involve some crooked cops. Chips, directed by Dax Shepard, written by Dax Shepard, starring Michael Pena, Dax Shepard, and Jessica McNamee.
1: And that, folks, is Chips. You're probably never going to say Dax Shepard that many times in your life again. (laughs) Well, and Chips is based upon the very
0: popular TV show from 1977-ish to 83, 84, somewhere in there that starred Eric Estrada as, as the Poncho uh, character and, and uh, was kind of, you know, I, I told Adam, I said, I'm kind of excited to see this movie tonight because I kind of cut my teeth on all those all those 80s TV shows, and every one of them kind of had the same formula, right? There was always a super bad guy that only the good guys could take care of. You know, And it didn't matter whether it was Chips or we were watching all the myriad of other 80s shows, whether it was The Fall Guy or whether it was The Six Million Dollar Man or whether it was, I don't know, uh, um, T.J. Hooker. I mean, it just... Well, They were all the same, you know. Uh, The A-Team, they always had a bad guy or super villain or somebody they had to fight. And and they always followed the same formula. There would be motorcycle, Chips always, you know, every episode of Chips was the same. You know, Poncho would be the cool, hip, you know, hip-to-the-world kind of young guy. Whereas Baker was the real straight-laced, do-it-by-the-book, never, you know, veer from from the wrong path and uh, there would be a, a good couple motorcycle chase scenes and some tension right before they caught the bad guy and put him
1: in jail and
0: so that is an episode because adam told me he had never seen an episode of chips on tv or at least not really remembered seeing one here's
1: the thing and you know, i'm glad we're both reviewing this because chips is really nothing to me i i don't know that i've ever seen an episode yeah i know enough that Eric strada was in it and it was a show about the California highway patrol and motorcycles, but that's it. Yeah. I don't know chips.
0: Sure. And, 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 with, with me being a little older than you that I was at that wheelhouse to where growing up, I had like four channels, you know? And so you watched what was on TV, whatever, whatever they, whatever the factory put out, whatever they spoon fed you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you just watched what was on ABC, NBC, or CBS. That was your only options. And so we watched Chips every single week because it was on whatever night of the week. If it was on Tuesday night, we knew at 8 o'clock we were watching Chips, you know. And then, you know, I remember, you You know, Friday night we watched Dallas. And then we'd watch Thursday night we'd watch Magnum P.I. And, you know, you had all of these shows that were just, you know, they were very similar in nature kind of a deal. And uh, and so I enjoyed Chips. I have very fond memories of them. Always. The show. No, yeah, the show, the TV show. Very fond memories of of the TV show, and uh, wow, and then we got the movie. And so explain a little bit about our movie, how we got to see the movie tonight, and uh, the the crowd and stuff that was there, Adam, and you know, kind yeah. of set
1: the stage for our listening audience. So we're recording this earlier. We didn't go see it on Thursday night. We actually got to see it tonight, which is Wednesday night, just because some screening passes fell in my lap. I had actually the choice tonight between Chips and Power Rangers. Not the best choice in the world, but we ended up seeing Chips primarily because of location. And it was a packed house for the free screening. Yeah. Free screenings are usually packed. They fill them up so the critics see it in a, in a positive, filled theater. Yep. So this is one of the more crowded screenings I've been to in a while. And the crowd laughed a lot. There was one guy that you could hear. I mean, he must have been 10 rows away. And, and he, he was, was laughing. dying. I mean, I thought he, they were going to have to call the medics. Yes.
0: He was laughing so hard that other people around him started to laugh at him yeah. laughing so much.
1: He would get people laughing sometimes more than the movie.
0: Yeah, and so I, I, I want to say this right up front. There was, like Adam said, a ton of laughter in this movie. Folks, four, five, six times, seven times during the movie, the whole place just erupted with laughter. But And I had not even remembered ever even seeing the trailer for this. But Adam said, we've seen the trailer during one of our many Thursday night escapades out out to see, he said we've seen the trailer before, but I had not remembered the trailer.
1: But you made the comment there was not one single laugh in the movie that wasn't in that trailer. The red band trailer. There was a red band trailer that I've seen. I couldn't even tell you the movie, but it was before that, and it had some of the more risqué stuff in there. And I think all the big laughs are in that trailer. Yeah.
0: Now, I, you know, Chips is definitely... It's R-rated and R-rated for a reason because the, the humor is very blue. Uh, how would you describe the humor in this movie?
1: Uh, frat Boy.
0: Frat Boy kind of, you know, the um, a lot of like sets or pieces, you know, where they, they played up to be very funny, you know. It wasn't like they just stumbled into something that was very funny. They kind of intentionally... Put themselves in situations, whether it's and this is something in the trailer. You know, uh, Baker has fallen and hurt himself, and got to be lifted into the sh- into the shower by a Poncherello. And you know, yeah, some funny, weird. You know, oh, whoops! I stepped on the curtain that was covering your naked body and threw you into the tub. You know, kind of a joke.
1: Yeah, that's all in the trailer. And that's
0: all in the trailer, and that got literally the biggest laugh. Yeah. Of the whole night, the whole place just roared with laughter. Um, and I did too. I laughed at several spots during the movie. And I usually, what's funny, here's what I can't figure out. I usually don't go for that sophomore kind of high school frat boyish kind of humor, you know. It really
1: usually is a turn off
0: for me. But I found, I don't know if it was just the mood I was in or what. I found myself chuckling several times during the movie.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm laughing too. I it wasn't like Table 19 where I'm pretty sure I didn't laugh the whole movie. But the humor is really forcing this. You feel that they're building the joke from a mile away.
0: Oh yes, it is a big old softball they've pitched up. Yeah. Hanging there, hanging there, hanging there
1: and then bam, they hit you with it. Everything's really telegraphed. And like I said, the setups are almost obnoxiously apparent that a joke is coming that what they're going and tying themselves in knots just to set up yeah, absolutely.
0: And, you know, oh man, um, for my first reactions are nothing at all. No homage that I could see was paid at all to the original TV show, you know, except for maybe them writing out of the station, and into the station, or writing as pairs, you know. Um, no homage paid whatsoever. Did they even use the theme song ever? Not no, i I didn't hear the theme music not one time, in the, Now it may have been there, but but I actually went back and watched an original TV episode today just to travel back in time and to you know get that feel for what the show was like. And I could not see any homage being paid. Maybe it was there, and I just missed it, but I didn't see anything
1: no I mean there's, there's some obvious cameos. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But outside of that, they could have made this any movie. I don't really know what the tie to chips was aside from the the two characters. Yeah, yeah, I I don't, yeah. And I didn't, and I asked Roger, I don't, I've never seen Chips. Like, I know Mission Impossible, I've seen that, I've seen the movie, so I know they're going to be tearing off masks and having exploding messages. They carry all that from the show. So I don't really know what they brought from the show to make this movie. They brought Chips, the name,
0: and they brought Baker and Poncho. But even those characters are different, right? Very, very different, yes. Yeah. Very different. A baker in the original TV show is the family man, very straight-laced, by the rule book. And then Poncho is kind of the young, hip, you know, oh, come on, let's have a little bit of fun, shake loose, I'll bend the rules a little. He's kind of like the James T. Kirk wannabe of the police force, you know. Oh, come on, we can, you know, let's fist fight it out. Let's, let's you know. And, um... Yeah, no, it was just, uh, they're very opposite. The, the poncho characters, and maybe they did that to try to go against, maybe they thought the original TV show was too un-PC, maybe they thought it was too stereotypical, I, I don't know. Um, so they made the poncho character, the sly you know, FBI guy, the FBI, you know, undercover guy that's got it all together, even though he really doesn't. It's obvious he doesn't.
1: No, he's a a screw-up. He's a screw-up mess as well, you know. Sex addict.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and Baker is the aging, trying to make a career, trying to save his marriage, and, you know, that kind of. The old rookie.
1: The old rookie, yes. And he's inept, but he's got the heart of gold between the two of them.
0: He really does, and that was something that really came through with the characters. Was he really? He really was a nice guy. He couldn't. He was. He was such a nice guy. He couldn't see that his wife was treating him bad and cheating on him blatantly right in front of him. And you know, he was always trying to help those around him. That kind of thing. Um, let Let me just say this in thinking about this movie. You know, and, and this had Vincent D'Onofrio. Who I love, I think he's a great actor, and I'm—he's kind of like one of my pet favorites that I like. Ever since I saw him in Daredevil, it's just been phenomenal.
1: Did you ever see the cell with Jennifer Lopez, where she goes into the mind of the killer? I th- yes, That's- I think so. Yeah, I think so. I can't—it's not coming.
0: It's not oh yeah, coming, I'm just curious. No, but but anyway, I say that I say all that to say. He's kind of wasted in he's this completely movie wasted I mean in this. he's it, it's just like you know he, a couple times he really starts to try to bring some gravitas but it, there's the movie is such a shambles around him that he can't
1: bring anything really to the table that's convincing at all he plays the generic villain yeah any anybody could have played this villain role I yeah mean, he's just a, a bad guy that's riding around on a motorcycle
0: yeah so overall I guess you can tell from our tone. I was not impressed at all with the chips movie. Is it funny? If, if you just, you know, if, if, yes, you, you might laugh out loud and enjoy some of the scenes in it and stuff. But this, there's no, there's no. The editing is pretty bad. There's no continuity even to story. There's times where it felt like they jumped back in time a little bit. And I sat there. I even looked over to see if you were. I could catch your eye to like did they just like show him wrecking and then go back and then now show him drive up the hill kind of deal. And I was like, what's up here, you know? And so the story just completely, it's off the rail from the very beginning. It does. It never gets on the rail to go off the rail, you know? Um, You know, Dax Shepard is, is, I, I think he had a good creative idea, but he's the solo director, solo writer, solo star of this film. And you said it best. I don't know if we'll see that his name mentioned that many times again down the road. I don't know. And maybe, maybe we're in the minority. Maybe rotten tomatoes by Saturday, this movie being the eighties or nineties. I, I, but I'm telling
1: you right now, it seemed like a train wreck to me. Yeah. I think it's going to be in the twenties on rotten tomatoes. That's your prediction. Yeah. It's my prediction. You're there's, predicting. There's 20s? no reviews up yet that I'm aware of. It's the time we're recording this.
0: Yeah. At the time we're recording, I, did, I, I checked before I came up to see it. Well, maybe I'm just all wet and not really understanding the movie, but, uh, I didn't see any reviews on Rotten Tomatoes at the time that we're recording this, but I would say I'm going to be optimistic and think that there's enough laughter that it's going to be in the 40s. I'm predicting that this
1: movie will hit in a score of 40s. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So for the cast, Dax Shepard and Michael Pena have pretty good chemistry.
0: I think they do. That is one positive part of the movie, yes.
1: But Michael Pena has good chemistry with anybody. He does. He is really great. He is really great. Yeah. Kristen Bell, who's Dax Shepard's wife in real life, is in this movie for maybe two scenes. She played his wife, the divorcing wife, in this movie, and, and they waste her. She's pretty funny, but they give her nothing to do. No,
0: she has nothing in this to do, but she collected a check, I'm sure, from it. But uh, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and we already talked about D'Onofrio. He He's really lost. He's not really used at all in this film. And it's... <sighs> Now, I, I, so, so some good things about this film were they they did invest well in the motorcycle chase scenes. You know, there were some good camera shots where they would. I, I love it when they take a motorcycle and put the camera in the driver's perspective, and you see the lean and that kind of thing. So that was kind of cool. And then the camera, the the um, the GoPro, you know, out in front of them, you know, so, so you can kind of see them as they turn. And some of that was kind of cool. But there was one shot that was so blatantly edited where there was a guy driving the car and he was supposed to be going real fast. And you could tell they had sped it up because his motions inside inside the car were real choppy because they had sped it up.
1: And I thought, good day, that is horrible editing there. Yeah, all the chase cinematography looked good, all the motorcycle stuff. And it even looked like some of the uh, racing circuits I've seen where they have the cameras on the turn. You know, as they're coming past, they had some interesting camera angles and camera work for the chase stuff. The blocking was kind of stilted by, I mean, when the actors are standing around each other. There's one scene early in the movie I noticed where they're in the parking lot. A female lieutenant comes out to talk to them, and they're all awkwardly standing there. They keep shifting. They don't know to have the hand on the gun, hand on the belt. Did you notice that scene? Oh, yeah. And the cars over here like this? It's like the first 10 minutes. Yes, and they're they're just yes. changing some dialogue, and they're all shifting around. They don't know where to put their hands. It's really awkward when you watch them because they're they're tucking their, fl- their thumbs in their belt, putting a hand on the gun, but they're just shifting around, and it looks like they're moving in their. Well, and look,
0: you know how it is when you first put on a costume for yeah. the first time, yeah, and you're kind of getting used to how it feels around you. That's what it looked like. Yeah, I remember the scene totally. Yeah. So, uh, what else about chips? You know, uh, anything music wise at all?
1: I don't think the movie had a score or anything. They played a couple songs that yeah. they licensed. They could have been anything. It wasn't anything special there.
0: Yeah. Uh, sound editing, anything? How was the sound for you at all? Anything? N- nothing memorable. <laughs> nothing stood out. There. Yeah, Yep. Yeah.
1: And you've already discussed how big of a plot mess this thing is, right?
0: Well, you know, we can walk. Through. I don't want to do spoilers, but like yeah. it really matters for this movie. If you want to go to see bits that are meant to be funny. That are kind of forced upon you and you go with a, and if you go to a large crowd, you probably will enjoy this movie more. If you go opening weekend and see it in a large crowd, if you go in three weeks when there's two people in there, it's probably not going to be
1: a very enjoyable. Crickets.
0: Crickets will be what you experience. But uh,
1: when I saw the trailer, I thought maybe they're just ripping off 21 Jump Street and they're really not. No, they're two different movies. They didn't yep. go that route. But this is far inferior to 21 Jump Street as a movie. Well,
0: just even the a lot of the choices with editing, I, you know, they would jump into, Poncho's now knocking at a door, and now he's over to here. And it, you never really knew what he was doing until he got into the house, and you knew then you saw who he was talking to, and uh, it's just a mess of a we movie. We both
1: lament the fact that Matt did not see this movie this week because it may have made his head explode. There's some internal logic problems to this movie that oh. – we were almost in tears just trying to discuss and figure out why this happened or why that happened i mean there's a lot of stuff in this movie that makes no sense
0: yeah you know you can't how do i say it you know there's certain things that they just think that the forensic people are complete idiots i mean a, a, a eighth grade forensic team could have went in there and well let's put it this way there's one scene and I, it, I think it's even in the twi- trailer where a person gets decapitated. It's in the trailer. It's in the trailer, and everybody in the police force is talking about like, oh, the body, the, the, it was so bad you couldn't be, you couldn't be, um, uh, we couldn't figure out who it is. Later in the movie, it shows the guy's mask come off, and and Baker's like, that's so and so who I used to race with.
1: And he's a famous racer. Like he's people a
0: don't. he's a famous motocross racer. No, no, okay. Just earlier in the movie, they nobody at the police force could identify this guy. Baker takes one look at him and's like, "That's so and so. That was a pro racer." And it wasn't even, he wasn't even looking at the body. He was looking at a video of the body. You know. So yeah, it's those kind of continuity issues that were just a a, a hot
1: mess of a movie.
0: It's just a real well, ba- really even bad. Even in the
1: opening of the movie, and this isn't a spoiler, they try to do a fake out to make you convinced that maybe Ponch is a getaway driver and a criminal.
0: Oh yeah, this is a. That's
1: that's worthless because the audience knows he's not. Yeah. The scene makes no sense for what he does. The moment he and it's just there, a you, fake out, like oh maybe this is different. It's not. If
0: you know anything about it, you know he's playing Ponch. Yes. And they try to play it up real serious, like he's uh, really a bad guy, right? And then what he even does, like you said, he, he 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 could have just, when the bad guys jumped in the car, he could have just locked the doors and let the police have him,
1: or driven him right to the station.
0: But no, he drives around, hurts people, gets somebody killed or whatever, and then you know. Anyway, it's just big old hot mess from beginning to end. If you if you go see it, if you just want a real simple. Uh, I guess laugh, but I I don't think it's a movie that I can recommend at all for.
1: Oh, no, not at all. I mean, I don't even know that I recommend this when it's out and it's streaming for free. Because Amazon, I mean, there's just better comedies out
0: there. This is the kind of
1: movie, Adam. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, this is the kind of movie that would be really good. <laughs> I'm a, already laughing at it. Really good.
0: Really good with a bunch of your buddies. No. Yep. And you're going to sit around and make fun of all the mistakes in the
1: movie. I got better movies for that. <laughs> okay, maybe so. I mean, you haven't seen The Room, right? I have not, no. Okay. I just make these mental notes as we go through the show. <laughs> I, I may be asking you these for a reason. <laughs> i am just start lying to you. But, yeah, I mean, I can't recommend this movie. I mean, even if you're bored looking around on Netflix, there's got to be something better than Chips. Yeah. I don't know what this beats right now. Off the top of my head for comedies, I don't know what this is better than.
0: So, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's I mean, maybe some of the late Police Academy movies. I, I haven't seen those in a long time, but maybe this is better than Mission to Moscow. I don't remember how bad those movies got. I don't know either. Yeah.
0: So, I guess what we're saying then is... If we're gonna take a vote, we need to take a vote. So let's take a vote. Well Matt didn't see it, but it won't matter because it's not gonna pass between you or I. Yeah, so so I'm gonna make it official right now. Adam, would you recommend chips as a TFC recommends movie? I would not. And I'm going to concur, I would not recommend it either. It's really, really uh bad. So there are are there funny moments in the movie? Yes. Are there uh, some things that are decent in the movie? Yes, but overall, it's pretty pretty much a hot
1: mess. What, do you, what have you seen this year in theaters that's worse than Chips?
0: See, I was going to ask that question. and I, oh, thought, I can go. I mean, for me. I thought maybe what we shouldn't get into movies that we thought were worse than this. I mean,
1: Table 19. maybe Great Wall. It's hard to compare comedy to Great Wall.
0: Yeah, it is. Even though, even though, to me, the
1: Great Wall was a comedy, <laughs> unintentionally. <laughs> unintentionally. But to be honest with you, I I think I would watch the Great Wall again before I watch Chips again.
0: I, I would in a heartbeat. Yeah. If if, if I, you're standing there and I've got to walk into the Great Wall or to Chips, and it's my only two choices, I have to see that one of those two. I'm going to walk right
1: into the Great Wall. That says something, right there, folks. <laughs> yeah. But there's no other comedies out. I mean, Lego Batman was out, and it's good. I mean, I highly recommend Lego Batman. Yeah, and I've heard nothing but good things about Lego Batman. But comedies this year, in 2017, there's really been nothing. Well, hopefully we'll... We we'll didn't see Fist Fight. That got middling reviews.
0: Yeah. We were scheduled to see it, but we had a scheduling conflict ourselves. So Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that is a not recommend. And uh, I think that's all I really have to say about yeah, chips. I mean, it's hard to drag out any more conversation <laughs> Let, about let's chips. Let's just bury this thing and put it to rest, right? Yeah.
1: Don't see chips.
0: All right. We'll be right back with a, another movie that Adam has seen The Belco Experiment. And you're listening to the film Coterie. <laughs> BELCO is a non-profit organization that facilitates American companies
1: in South America. All employees, lend me your full attention. Hey, it's Jesus! Your chance of survival increases by following my orders. Your task is simply this. Kill three of your co-workers, or we will kill six others.
0: Hey, all the lines are dead!
1: We need to evacuate the floor. Ike, come on, it's a joke, man.
0: Hey, listen up, everybody. Whoever's doing this, they're having a little fun at our expense.
1: Stage one, commence. All right, we have a bonus review this week. I was able to see the Belco experiment over the weekend. And I think Roger has a few questions for me.
0: I do. I'm glad that I have an opportunity to quiz you about the Belco experiment. Now, this is a movie that had a limited release in 2016, but just has come out in 2017 to a wide audience. And we saw the trailer. Uh, when we see it about a month ago, the first trailer, a yeah, month or six yeah, weeks probably. ago. Yeah, and we came back on a thursday night and you and matt were pretty positive oh you know i can't wait to check that out that looks yeah i wanted to see it it looked yeah. like
1: there's a japanese movie called battle royale and they started advertising it as battle royale meets office space okay and so
0: my reaction was a little cooler to to but I, you know whenever you get over into that potential horror genre i'm not always i uh, you kind of had I like a lot of horror movies, but you have to kind of pull me in. But this didn't really seem like a horror movie. It seemed more like a game of death or some kind of, you know, experimental, you know, oh, you know, psychological movie, like a psychological terror, suspense, thriller kind of movie. Um, But I got to be honest with you, the trailer to me. It looked like it was going to be one of those big, hot mess kind of movies. I just did not resonate with the trailer at all, and I and I was like, "The only way I'll go to see this movie is if it gets voted in on Thursday night." Now, but I could be completely wrong, you know. Um, psychological thrillers are pretty interesting. So, 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 my first question is then, Adam, is this simply this: the Belko experiment? Did they follow scientific law
1: with the experiment? I have to think about that. You mean, they, are they using the scientific method? Yes. Was there a hypothesis? There's no control group. No control group. I don't even know what a control group would look like in this type of experiment. No, I'm going to say they did not. Okay, so that's one check against it. Well, I was, you are talking about the trailer. I saw the trailer and I got hyped on this movie because it, it looked weird. It, it drew me in. These people in an office, if you've seen the trailer, they're just having a normal work day. And all of a sudden, these massive metal shutters seal the building off. They close off every window, every door. everything is just shut off. And then a voice comes over the PA. You must kill two or we'll kill four. And they think they're joking, right? Yeah. And then
0: all of a sudden, you see four people drop. This is all in the trailer. And you realize every employee has had an implant. Correct. Put into the back of their head that we now know contains a device that can kill them instantly.
1: So the setup for this movie is Belco is a giant multinational company, and this is their office in Bogota. And there's Americans that work there. Right. Belco is just a generic company that brings Americans to work in foreign countries and develop more American ties. So being in Bogota, they had these tracers, they were told, implanted in their heads so that they could be found if they were kidnapped. Right, yeah. And they didn't think twice about getting that injection. <coughs> so that's the rules of the game. So the voice just keeps coming on and make an announcement. Either you kill this number of people, or we'll kill twice that.
0: And the, it's it's a corporate office setting... So, there's cubicles, I'm assuming, right? And, and there's and, different floors. And different there's different floors. There's 12 with, or 13 floors. Yep. Yeah. And um, office cameras everywhere, I'm assuming. Yeah. So, was it shot all from an office camera perspective?
1: No. It's not point of view or found okay. footage or anything like that. Okay. The rules also say, like, you can't hang signs off the roof or will blow your head off. You can't mess with the cameras. They're, they're watching them all the time. And they have these strict rules that if you violate the rule, they'll blow your head up. Interesting.
0: Now, now, how do they come across weapons to kill? Do they have to be very creative in the way they kill people because this is an office environment?
1: Right. Here's the very first thing that bummed me out about this movie. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. They get guns. Not that they're given guns, but there's an armory and a bunch of characters get guns from it.
0: There's an armory in the... Because they're in
1: Columbia. There's armed guards outside that are now keeping them in. Okay. But there is an armory in the office and a bunch of characters get handguns. Mm. And that took away some of the creativity because I thought I was going to see people tearing the arms off paper shredders and finding weapons any way they could. That doesn't happen. Now, that would have been interesting. That's what I was hoping for is that the guns make it too easy to kill because it's impersonal. I mean, it's easier to shoot. I've never done it. But I assume it's easier to shoot someone than have to beat them to death with some improvised or, weapon.
0: Or, or kill them with a copy machine
1: or something, yeah, you know? Yeah, like mean Where th- well, you slam their head in the copy thing or something, you know? Yeah. Okay. I was also disappointed that it just erupts into chaos. There's no groups that are really formed. And I was kind of hoping we might get some kind of satire on Office Life. Okay, yeah. Where we might see the IT crowd fighting the lunch ladies, fighting maintenance, fighting the executives, fighting the sales alpha The males. project
0: managers versus the uh, uh, business analysts versus- The interns the, teaming up. Against the vice presidents
1: or whatever. You know, I thought people might form into cliques or go to war. None of that? None of it. It's just complete chaos. I mean, that's what I mean. I just feel like there's so many missed opportunities in this movie. There's no teams were formed. And people, there's no official teams. Okay. Some people run around with, I mean, it's literally just chaos. There's no organization. And I get it. This would probably happen in real life. I think just absolute chaos would happen. But in a movie like this, I was hoping to see some kind of tribes or something just more interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Break out. Even negotiations or peace treaties or something.
0: Hmm. Okay. So then what,
1: what are some of the, what are some of the good elements of this film? It's unique. Um, there's really nothing out there like it. It's filmed pretty well. Sorry. (laughs) And uh, the acting's fine. My main issues are with the script. I mean, this does not matter that it's in an office. Because they did nothing with that unique aspect of it, this could have been a shopping mall. Did
0: they like kill the power? No. So they left all the power on, everything on. They could. They I mean, that's what I mean.
1: The people did not matter that they were coworkers, because it's just absolute chaos. I mean, if they shuttered a mall and had strangers, same thing would have happened in this movie.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Or shuttered. Yeah. A hospital.
0: And they they had to I'm sure kill the internet, kill the phones. Yeah cut all that off. All the cell phones could no longer work. Correct.
1: Okay. But I just mean you take the setting but you do nothing unique with it. And that's what really disappointed me because I thought this might be some maybe satire.
0: Hmm. It's
1: doing something interesting about the office chain of command a pecking order whatever you want to say. Nothing. Those done. Okay. And Not a lot of big names in the movie, but faces you recognize. You'll know who's going to be the last standing. That's pretty clear. I'm not going to give it away. Sure. But you won't be surprised. Even though people are randomly getting blown up or shot, there's no surprises. What
0: about the villain? Was there a reveal, any kind of reveal with the villain, and you were surprised who that was?
1: The villain's really the company. It's just an amorphous, faceless company. Wow. Whoever's doing the experiment. See, this sounds to me like... They do have the nerve to set up a sequel.
0: This sounds to me like, what's the Netflix show where they do the one-off uh, really... This is the Netflix show. That's a bad version of it. Where the uh, the Black... Um, oh, what's it called? They, they, they do the... Black four, Mirror? Black Mirror. Okay. This is like a Black Mirror concept to me.
1: You but know? Black Mirror would have done something interesting with no, this. No, idea. no, no, yeah. that's,
0: that's what I'm saying. It's like, I wish the people who did Black Mirror would have made this movie, it sounds like, because they would have done something really unique and interesting about it. You know, this is kind of the, the if you're not familiar with the Netflix show, Black Mirror, it's all, it's asking those moral questions, those psychological questions, making you think outside the box,
1: you know, that yeah, kind and of And if stuff. you haven't seen Black Mirror, check it out. It's it's Twilight Zone about near technology. Yeah, absolutely. They always say it takes place tomorrow because the technology is never too far out there.
0: Right. But So what else about the Belko experiment?
1: I was excited because James Gunn wrote the script. James Gunn from Guardians of the Galaxy. And this is not his first dance in horror. He's, he worked at Trauma. Um, he wrote and directed Slither. I like Slither a lot. Slither was a very fun... Invasion of the Body Snatchers type movie about an Did you ever see Slither? No. Again, I'm making notes. (laughs) Oh, no. Slither, and that's what this movie's missing. Gunn did not direct it. It's not fun. What I mean by that, you know how horror can be gory and fun? Yes. Yes. This one is more serious. I mean, it, it plays it's completely serious. It's not a comedy. Nothing's supposed to be funny. Okay. I mean, people are just getting executed in this movie. You know, down on their knees, lined up and shot. I mean, it's a very serious movie, and I, I think that's the wrong way to play it. Fun would have been like if you had an older lunch lady jump on the desk with a machete or something and start playing rock music and she's attacking these guys and, you know, just going right. campy. Right. I think right. it should have gone the campy direction.
0: Yeah. Well, that was going to be my last question is what genre of horror would this fall into, and did it fall anywhere near that genre of horror?
1: It's not torture porn, but it's probably closest to that. I mean, it's pretty gory. Okay. There's lots of exploding. It's very graphic. It's very graphic, very gory, very serious. Um, Thriller horror. I mean, that's right where it is. But I think it needed something campy, something to really set it aside, and it, it does not do anything for laughs. Okay.
0: So there's no levity at all during the movie to kind of lift you up to have an impact with some of the seriousness of the movie.
1: Well, no, and like I said, if you had a hero like Bruce Campbell playing Ash, you don't have that hero moment where he's strapping stuff on and they're doing the the zooms on the camera to show what he's doing. Yeah. Nothing like that. Okay.
0: So, yeah, sounds like this week has been a letdown for us with films. It has.
1: I wanted Belko to be good. I did Uh, not care about Chips. I wanted Belko to be good, and I just did not like it. Yeah. Okay. Can't recommend it.
0: I understand, and we really can't even put it to a vote because at least two of us shouldn't see it before we, you know. Yeah,
1: no vote, but, uh, I mean, yeah, uh, you would not have liked it. Matt's the wild card. Matt may have liked it.
0: Okay, absolutely. So, All right, well, if there's nothing else, let's move on to our last segment, which is our coming attractions. You are listening to The Film Coterie. and we are back and this is our last segment of the uh, podcast and this is our coming attractions what do we have to look forward to in the in the week to come and the next you know s- until our next episode
1: i should say well until our next episode our next episode will be Ghost in the Shell that's what we're seeing next week i am pumped for this movie
0: and and i am i'm pumped cuz you're pumped and that's the, that's just being honest because i've not seen any of the comic book i don't know anything about this I really like Scarlett Johansson as as an actress, and um, I think that she's not only a great actor, but she has the ability to pull off action. You know, so I have high hopes that it can be good. But I have no—I'm literally going into this as cold as can be. I have no frame of reference for and what that's this good, movie is about.
1: Out of the three of us, and Matt's not here tonight, but I'm the only one that's watched the anime, and I'm a big fan of that. I like the story. The source material is good. I hope they deliver on this.
0: Yeah, so so that'll be something for us to look forward to. Uh, is there anything to note for our, our any any kind of little nuggets or anything you would give our listening audience about the Ghost in the Shell um, that they've um, or maybe give them a little fifteen second thirty second synopsis kind of a, a this is what this movie is trying to do or anything.
1: The trailer sets up a, a good bit of it because Scarlett Johansson plays the major. She's a character that's lost her past. She's been saved. She right. was mortally wounded. She was reborn as this cyborg. She's still part yep. human, part robot. Okay. She's lost her past. And she may not be liking the people she's working for as the authorities.
0: Which is the theme in a lot of sci-fi. Oh, would you classify this as science fiction?
1: Yes, it's actually cyberpunk.
0: Cyberpunk? Okay. Uh, any steampunk elements no. as well? No, okay. it's
1: Blade Runner. Blade Runner, cyberpunk. Blade Runner, cyberpunk. God, oh, now I am I, now I'm bumped mm-hmm. to see this. Excellent. And it's people hacking in with through their heads. You know they have the nodes. Yeah, you don't get that anymore because we just sit and type. But back in the day, William Gibson, all those novels. Yes, you had to hack in mentally, and it's all that. I mean, it's it's cyberpunk. nice.
0: Okay, so we have uh, Ghost in the Shell. Um, we also have our film spotting madness competition that we're doing this month and for those of you that don't know uh, filmspotting.net is a, is a um, very popular movie podcast that some of us listen to and enjoy very much um, Josh Larson Adam Campanera uh, host that podcast well they do a movie madness themed poll every year tournament every year the first year I think it was the first year was actors the second year was directors And this year is their pantheon of films. They have their Hall of Fame. They've been doing the podcast for like 10 years, and they are 500-some episodes in. And they have 64 films that they think are great classics, and they have randomly put these into a big tournament. And so me, Adam, and Matt went through, and we picked our winners all the way to the final champion. And then Adam and I, and I know Matt's not, but Adam and I are actually going onto the website and we're, we're voting as well as watching yep. the results. And so each week we tell you about the matchups, who is left, and I tell you who won and by what percentage. And it's all based upon uh, viewers, people from the internet just going randomly and voting on which movie do you like better, whether it's... It may be Casablanca versus Star Wars, you know. It, you know, So you just have to pick which one you like, and then the most votes is the winner, and so we report back. and we're, We haven't really determined a uh, prize for that winner, though, have we? No,
1: we have to figure that out. <laughs> we, we have to do that before the next episode. Normally we record on Thursday nights where we have the results of the next round, but we're doing it Wednesday, so right now we don't. Roger's in the lead by about five points.
0: Yeah, which really is this early in the thing. This next round, round may decide it, though. There's yeah. a
1: few that could go either way, so... We'll have to update you next week. Could I go two for two? <laughs> You're in the lead. In our shot. challenges, <laughs> you have a good shot. Oh man!
0: So anyway, you might want to check that out if you want and play along with us. You know, jump in and and uh, or at least cast your votes and see how if your movie wins or not as well. Um, I think the last thing we have is a kind of a unique, an older film that you stumbled across or
1: heard about, and oh yeah, it made big waves.
0: Yeah, so why don't you talk to us a little about this 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 new film, or it's not new film, but this older film that's making some waves right now?
1: So there's a online streaming service called Shutter, Shudder, S H U D D E R. It's like Netflix for horror, and their selection's okay. But they landed the uncut version of The Devils, which is a 1971 Ken Russell movie that pretty much got banned the world over for being too shocking at the time.
0: Yeah. And it's got some major stars. It's got Vanessa Redgrave, Oliver Oliver, Reed, Reed, Dudley Sutton. Um, It's got some big time stars. It was an English film, right? That was originally made in England. And it's a it's a is it it's not really a biopic, but it's about a true it's based on a true story. Yes,
1: it's based on a historical event.
0: So so give us a little bit of the background about the historical event and why this movie was so controversial back in nineteen seventy one.
1: So the real event involved the town of Loudon in France. There was a priest there. In seventeenth century, right? Sometime then? Seventeenth century. There was a priest named uh, Grandier, that did not believe the priesthood should be celibate. Okay. He was writing letters. He was actually publishing doctrine, what he thought, you know, for why priests should be able to marry or have relationships and stuff like that. So he was unpopular with the church. They saw him as an enemy. At the same time, he was kind of in charge of land um, the mayor, or whoever was in charge, had died and left him in charge of this village, with these great stone walls and everything else. And the the state wanted that, so he's he's going against the church and
0: the state and the state, very unpopular yet very charismatic, um, kind of handsome, handsome. You know, presence of a man, a lot of charisma. All the women go lot, crazy for him. Yeah, it. a lot of charisma. So, okay. So, and this is this is the historical fact. You know, this yes. is this is the history of behind this whole thing. And so, um, tell us a little bit more about about about. Tell us a little bit more
1: about the history, and then and then the movie itself. So, in the history, um, there was an order of nuns that were involved with him or under him. And the leader, the Reverend Mother, felt shunned by him because, I mean, this priest would have relationships with women because that's what he believed, but he wanted nothing to do with her. So she and her whole order, and this is debated to this day, we really don't know why, suddenly he became engaged in mass hysteria. Literally yeah. naked nuns running through the streets, acting crazy, acting possessed.
0: Like, like like, all of a sudden the whole sect of nuns became possessed by the devil. Yeah, literally de- shaving their
1: heads, ripping their hair out, running through the streets nude. It's an instance of mass hysteria that historians are still studying because normally something like this happens. They're talking about ergot or something else that caused the whole village right. to go crazy. Yeah. But these nuns, are, there's a theory out there that they were doing it to frame the priest. Okay. And claim he was a sorcerer. Okay. And he possessed him. Okay. So in comes the church. It's time for a exorcist in the Inquisition. Yep. And they violently torture him in real life. He never confesses. And he gets burned at the stake. Wow. That's pretty intense. Yeah. So the movie deals with all that. They play up some obviously. Vanessa Redgrave plays the Reverend Mother, and they make her a hunchback. I don't think the lady was really a hunchback in real life, but she's the woman scorned. Okay. And the Inquisition, the guy tortures them. That's all actually less horrific than what really happened. Wow.
0: And so because of because of this con- one, the topic is very controversial. We're talking nineteen seventy one, right? You know, and um, sad to say, maybe in some in some ways. Back when the church maybe had a lot more influence, or was a lot more, I don't know, well known or or powerful, whatever you want to call it. So because of that, you know, this topic did not sit well with the, with the church at the time, and so because of its depiction of nuns and priests and the very bad acts of what they're doing, you know, uh, it was basically banned around the world. You
1: know, I mean, it had to be cut. Yeah, it was never allowed to be released as it was originally shot. So, anywhere it ever came out including the US, just a small run here, it was heavily edited. Wow. And I got to say, this is the first time it's come out unedited as far as I mean it's probably done some film festivals. Right. But you, Shutter has the original yeah. pure version. And so now you've available. seen
0: the director's original yes. vision for this. Yes. So, so so, what are your thoughts? What what are your thoughts about this movie? Or do you want to hold off? Because I know you're trying
1: to get me to watch it. And I think Matt will watch it. This is a movie, and I hope the, the viewers get Shutter. I think there's a free trial. Yeah. This is a movie worth watching, and it's good. So maybe we hold off on the full review. Okay. And maybe get some more people to either check it out or all three of us discuss it. But this is a very interesting movie, and i got to say... <sighs> It's not as shocking as they put it out there. Okay. By today's standards. Okay. There is nudity, but they were probably shocked at the time because these were nuns, allegedly. You know, they are actresses, but they're portraying nuns. Right. And there is violence from the Inquisition. Yeah. But nothing is over the top. And I said it's actually less severe than what really happened. Okay. Well, you may talk me into giving it a shot then. <laughs> I, I promise
0: you it's not a movie that would be in my typical wheelhouse. But I like the subject matter in the sense of what it deals with, the themes that it's addressing. Um, I'm intrigued by it. And so yeah, if Matt maybe agrees to watch it, maybe we'll stick it in our one of our shows down the road. Yeah,
1: just a bonus segment. Yeah, absolutely. So it's called The Devils. It's available right now on Shudder. And I I liked it. I liked it a lot. So I think people should check it out. Okay, excellent. And once you do, read up on the real history. The but, town yes. is called Ludon. Yes, And it's interesting. Cool.
0: All right. Anything else for coming attractions on uh, our show, our show for this week?
1: Uh, We won't be reviewing it, but I saw it. I loved it. There's a movie right now or very soon. It'll be in theaters called raw. Have you seen anything on this? I have not. It makes me mad. Theaters are kind of overplaying it. There's some theater handing out sick bags to people going in. People in Toronto, I'm using air quotes, passed out or left the theater, got noxious. There's nothing that bad in this movie; they're just overselling it, but raw is good. It's a cannibal film, which is a hard sell. I mean, what would it take to get you in a movie if I'm trying to sell you to raw? Um so far, you haven't said one thing that would get me into the <laughs> yeah. to see it. <laughs> it's about a young girl going to veterinarian school. she's a vegetarian. Her mom will literally pull food out of her mouth if she tries to eat meat or anything else. Okay. So during a hazing incident, she has to eat a rabbit kidney. And after that, things change. Oh, boy. So it is a horror movie. Oh, yeah. No, it is a horror movie. (laughs) But I think it's ridiculous that theaters are handing out sick bags to people.
0: Well, I was listening to uh, um, an interview with... with, uh uh, Danny Boyle earlier today, and he was talking about 127 hours, and how theaters were handing out bags, vomit bags, and somebody fainted at it in and all this stuff. And he's like, "Really? You know?" Because in the book, and it's about the guy that has to cut off his yeah. has to cut off his arm just the the rock climber has to cut off his arm to escape and survive. And he said, "In the it's based on a book, and in the book they would flash back and forward between the time he's." Stuck in the rocks and what his mom's doing, his dad's doing, you know, family's doing and their search for him, that kind of thing. And Danny was like, Nope. He's like, once we go in the rock, I want, he said, I, he said, my goal was to, and I never saw the movie, but it's a good movie. He said, my goal was to take, take this character into that rock. And you know what the movie's about. You know that this guy gets, cause everybody says, I would never cut off my arm to escape. So what did this guy have to go through? to get him to the point where he would do that, you know? And he said that he didn't think it was that bad, but he said they were handing out, they had people pass out in the theater and they were handing out vomit bags in some theaters and stuff. And so when I had to chuckle, when you said that, you know. It's just
1: salesmanship. I mean, maybe they think they're going to get audiences in. That's saying is, it's that, extreme.
0: That is, you think that's bad. You should go back to some of the classic oh, yeah. horror of the 30s and 40s and 50s, where you know they would make up, uh, they would make up crap like. So two people have died viewing this movie. And, yeah. I mean, they literally would just lie.
1: When we saw Evil Dead at Gateway, they had a great run of trailers. They showed, you know, they had doctors on standby in the lobby. Yes. The guy in the white coat taking people's <laughs> blood pressure. The one I really liked, and I was trying to tell my dad about this the other day. It was a trailer that said, no single women will be admitted to this movie. You must be accompanied by your father, husband, or boyfriend and that it's too <laughs> shocking. I mean, they're just it's the ultimate date movie. They're saying you can't see this alone. You have to bring oh, a date. Oh, yes. So yes. That was an interesting tactic.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, I think it's a little overplayed.
1: Yeah. Raw is not that bad. And actually it was one of my favorite movies from Fantastic Fest this year. Nice. So, nice. Um, I'm excited to see it. I'll probably check it out again.
0: Okay. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Anything else, Adam?
1: That's all I got.
0: All right. We hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of The Film Coterie. Adam, where can they find us on, uh, if you're trying to discover where The Film Coterie is?
1: We have a website. It is filmcoterie.com. We're on Facebook. Just go on Facebook and search Film Coterie. We'll pop right up. We're on Twitter. We're at Film Coterie is our handle there. And we're everywhere. So Absolutely. we're not hard to find.
0: We're easy to find. If you look hard enough, if you combine the words film and coterie... You're going to find us. if you
1: found this podcast, you're well on your way to finding the rest. Absolutely.
0: All right. Until next time, enjoy your week and go to the movies. Let us know. Send us some feedback. Send us an email. Uh, um, uh, you know, Give us a like on iTunes. All those things.
1: We always like guest reviewers.
0: Yes, guest reviewers. We've, we've actually had uh, folks come in and write articles for our website, and so that's always great. We want you to participate in this journey through the movies with us. So,
1: I don't think any of us are going to see Power Rangers, so if anyone wants to write up a guest review of Power Rangers,
0: that would be great, man. Send it right off to us. Send it off to us. We'll publish you, and uh, you, can, you can join the experience of being a part of our film coterie. All right, we'll see you next time. You guys have a great one.